The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, welcome everybody. This is Julian Martinez. I'm the interim pastor here at Fellowship, uh, sitting here with Daniel Ward, the student pastor. Uh, it was a great sermon this Sunday. I thought it was uh, really neat just to, obviously, the whole book of Acts has been great, right? Like, oh, yeah. There, there's just never a dull moment uh, when we see what they're doing. You know, the week before, Paul strikes this guy with blindness, and then this week, like, they're met with all this opposition, and they, you know, kind of, they 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 plant their feet in the ground and are immovable in that moment. I thought yeah. it was really neat. Yeah, so uh, it's probably about two or three weeks ago. I started really like thinking, where are we going to go from here with this with this text? Like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and it's just the more you dig in, the more you see like there's stuff all through this book that yeah. that is really convicting and really challenging um, to our hearts. And so it's it's definitely been a, a fun. Um, book to, to preach through. And I think it's really relatable, too. Oh, very much so. And it's a narrative, so. It's a narrative, yeah. So we're just reading history, pretty much. We're just reading what these guys did, and it's a narrative, and uh, and I think it's really relatable because even though there are different circumstances and culture and everything else, it the the heart of people are the same, mm-hmm. and the mission is the same. and Right. And uh, anyway, so you talked about being an effective servant, and that was kind of a play off of what you had preached on a couple of weeks ago uh, as far as being an effective body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, why is effectiveness so important? Well, I mean, I would think that most people would agree that effectiveness is important in every aspect of life, right? Most, most people want their life to matter. They want to not just be spinning their wheels, accomplishing nothing. I mean, in even at work, you don't want to just do something that doesn't matter, right? You want yeah. your job to have some meaning to it, some purpose to it. And I mean, everybody's looking for purpose and meaning. They're looking for, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I here on this earth? What is mm-hmm. the what is the purpose in all of this? And I think especially as we mature and grow, I mean, you really start seeing that even in, you know, teenagers where they start to really question, like, what is this all about? And as you mature and grow, you're starting to seek effectiveness and purpose and you want you want your life to matter yeah and uh and i think you know especially as believers you know we want our lives to matter and we want to be used by god and and i think that that's innately wired inside of us i think that god put that in our hearts because he wants us to live on mission for him he Mm -hmm. gave us a purpose we're not having to walk around and seek that purpose out and so you know he's given us a purpose and uh, i think you know i think that we should want to do that to the best of our ability because scripture says that we're we're here to glorify God. Yeah. That our lives aren't about ourselves. It's not about what I want. It's not about um, you know, what what gives me joy or pleasure. It's about living on mission for God and, and trusting uh, that his way is the best way. And and I think that that's you know, again, that's where the abundant life is found is is in in the effectiveness of living out what God wants for your life. Yeah, and for me, I'm so black and white in the way I think. I mean, we talk about that all the time. That 
when I'm doing something, if I'm not going to be effective, I don't want to do it. Right. We've had some of those conversations in staff meeting, right? Where right. it's just like, or well, are we just going to do this because we're going to do it, or are we going to do it right? You know. Right. right. And and I when I think about when I was listening to your sermon and when I think about like what what God has equipped us to do, like He has equipped us to be effective. Yeah, we are. There is no defeating Christianity. Right. Right. So in other words. He's given us a commission. He's given us a mission, and that's going to be effective. It's yeah. it's not going to fail, and and sometimes I think we get stuck in that right that we can't accomplish this or it's a failure. But if we do the gospel the way it was meant to be done, it's never a failure. Yeah, it's always effective. We, we kind of talked about that in our last podcast that you know God, we 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 put so much of the pressure on us for mm-hmm. for you know accomplishing what God wants for our life, but really our our responsibility is just to go and tell. And to trust him to work out the details, and, yeah. and his power is where the effectiveness comes in. Yeah, you know, if if you just live a life of obedience and step out in faith and do what he says, you know, then he's going to fulfill, you know, the 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 results of that. The increase will be his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you talked about being an effective servant, you said your first point was that uh, we will be opposed, not that we might be opposed or it could happen, but that. We will be opposed. Now, do you think that maybe in today's society, Christians have the wrong idea about opposition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, I spoke to that a little bit, trying to clarify for us so that we can understand who the opposition is. We're, we're opposed because we have an opposer. That's what I said. Yeah. And um, and that's always going to be the case. There's, there's always that thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, uh, and he wants you to think that your enemy is somebody else mm. so that he can punch you in the face while you're not paying attention, right? Like he, yeah. want, he wants to attack and he wants you to be distracted and thinking that, you know, some political ideology is your enemy or mm. some, you know, some person that, that argues with you on Facebook is your enemy. Um, but that, that, that's not your enemy. That's why Jesus said on the cross as he's been beaten, hung on a cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. He understood that these people who just nailed me to the cross, they're not the enemy. Right. They're just pawns in the game, right? They, they, they're spiritually dead. They don't have eyes to see the reality of what's really going on around us. Yeah. And, and when that's the case, you can't, you can't get angry with people like that. And mm. it helps you not to take things so personally, right? right. If I know that the person <laughs> who is you know, spreading uh, non-Christian propaganda on Facebook and, and, you know, if I post a scripture and they come in and attack me, if I, if I look at that as, Hey, that's just a lost person being lost. Yeah. Right. I have a friend who always says wretched, wretched people are going to wretch. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if that's the case, then I don't take that personally because, Hey, that's just a spiritually lost person. I'm going to pray for them that God will reveal himself to them. And, and so I think that we, we get really wrapped up in, you know, political games and, because I guess because of who we are as a country and, and because things are so divisive right now in our country, it's it's really easy to think that, you know, some person or some ideology is our enemy. Yeah. And, and that's just a major distraction. It's dangerous. Mm. When you think that that's your enemy and that's who you're fighting against, then you've missed the point that there's a thief out there who is looking to, to destroy you. Yeah, and that, that takes it to a really deep level, right, that, that we spend – 90% of our time here on earth, like fighting against the wrong battles. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? 
and and we choose sides. We talk about this all the time, but we choose sides, and we think our side is the best side, is the right side, and it may be that this side is blessed by God, but God doesn't care about either side. Mm. He, he, he cares about the mission that he's set out before us, and Satan uses that opposition, in my opinion, to you know totally distract us, but we think we're on a righteous mm. path. Yeah, and you're really actually being deceived yeah. and, and, and and rendered ineffective for the gospel, yeah. right? If, if you don't understand who your enemy is, mm-hmm. then how is it possible that you can fight this battle when you're fighting the wrong person? Yeah. You're, you're, you're being used by Satan in that moment to, to right. fight the wrong battle and not really focus on what we're here to do, which is make disciples. Yeah, I almost think about this movie, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Have you seen that? <laughs> I probably saw it when I was a kid. I don't it's, really remember much about it. It's pretty funny. There's this blind guy. He's like Robin Hood's servant. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they go into this battle, and they're fighting everybody. And, and he's he he has a sword, and he starts fighting. And he's, he's getting after it, but he's like he's, he's fighting his own team. He's, he's fighting this post. <laughs> <laughs> he's like there's this wooden post, and he's getting after it, and he's chipping away at it. And finally he's tired, and he feels like he defeated it. That's kind of the way I look at it. Oh, yeah. There's this battle going on. And then we find this post and we're blind and we're like get going after it. We're hacking yeah. away at this thing, thinking that we're making some gains, but we're really not. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's an, an ineffective yeah. way to, to, you know, try to fight this battle. Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree with you. We're going to be opposed, but we, we need to fight the right battles mm. to be able to be effective for what's going on. So uh, on that, you, you said that um, an effective servant is committed, right? That we're committed to the cause, we're committed to the fight. Um, is there a possibility that those who are not committed, right? When you see somebody not committed, that it's because they're not genuinely saved or because they're not a genuine Christian? Well, short answer to that question is yes. Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think a lot of people, they come to church they hear a message of hey if you say this prayer Mm. you can spend eternity in heaven with god right and there's no no real lordship attached to that message sometimes right and uh if there's no lordship there's no salvation Mm. Uh, simple intellectual belief is not a saving faith yeah um for it to be a genuine saving faith, you have to surrender to Christ as Lord. And if you're surrendered to Jesus as Lord, the the result of that is undying commitment. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, will people waver? Of course. Christians are at different points in their spiritual growth. People um, backslide. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate end result will be will be faithfulness and commitment. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're you're always going to be going back to that. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead, but because you have the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit mm. is inside of you. It doesn't allow you um, to continue to to continue to be, you know, uncommitted to, right. to what we're doing. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people view their faith as, "Hey, I'm going to go to go to church on Sunday," and that's the extent of their their commitment. commitment. Yeah. And if that's what you've done your whole life, that's the extent of your relationship with God your entire life is that you just come to church on Sunday, then I would definitely spend some time in prayer and, and really try to evaluate, do you really know Jesus? Yeah. Because that's not commitment. Right. 
Coming to church is not a sacrifice. Teaching a Bible study on Sunday mornings is not a sacrifice. Yeah. And so if that's the extent of your relationship with Jesus your entire life, then I would say that there's there's something there to, to wrestle with is are you really committed? Did you ever really surrender to Jesus as Lord? Because there's there's the product of, of a true conversion, the product of a truly changed heart is an undying commitment to, to the gospel and, and, and to whatever God wants for your life. Like for these guys, you know, staying was a big deal. Mm-hmm. The fact that they, you know, dug their feet in, in the in the face of opposition because of opposition. Right. It says they were faced opposition and so they stayed for a long time. You know, I think a lot of people don't want to stay. Yeah, we run from opposition yeah. usually. People people don't like conflict, people don't like um, commitment and and people want an easy gospel and hmm. the scripture isn't an easy I mean it's just not an easy gospel. I mean it's easy in the fact that it's a gift and you don't have to do anything to earn it. Yeah. But the reality is is if you really surrender to it then it's going to cost you something. Yeah, I feel like we talk about this a lot, but you know, when as we're talking about when Paul said to the Romans, you know, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, like that was a totally different game for them. Mm. And and we don't in my opinion, we don't see that the same way today in America, right? I mean, obviously there are Christians in Muslim countries that are oh, yeah. facing that every day. When they surrender to Jesus, their family, you know, abandons them and they, you know, they, they may be killed for their faith. And it's a real thing. It's a real sacrifice. And like you said, like teaching a Bible study on Sunday morning isn't a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Coming to church on Sundays is not a sacrifice. No. That's your day off. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and some people don't come, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm going to sleep in today, you know, and that's not commitment, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I like what Jesus said in Matthew 10. 22 when i was reading to this i was thinking about your sermon and he said uh, you will be hated by everyone because of my name and you you talked about that on sunday right. but then he goes on to say but the one who endures to the end will be saved and you know it's almost like theologically you look at this and you think well that's talking about a works-based salvation but that's not what he's saying here no. well what he's saying that you know if if you are truly committed then at the end you'll be there right Right. Right. The it's, result of, of a true conversion is longevity. It's yes. It's commitment. Yeah. You'll be there at the end. And I'm with you, you know, that there are people who are going to walk away for a while, for a season. Mm. We see that all the time. Yeah. You know, even with Peter, uh, you know, it wasn't that long, obviously, when he denied Jesus uh, in, you know, in that courtyard mm. and then Jesus came back and got him, you know. But um, I remember there was a time in my life where, you know, I totally walked away from the faith for like a year, yeah. you know, and it was a, it was a worst year of my life. And, um, and, and yet, you know, I came back, but I'm with you. It's because like the, the Holy spirit inside of me was pulling at me every mm-hmm. single day that I was in the wrong and that I needed to be back, you know, right with God. And that's endurance, yeah. right? That's commitment that, yeah. that we're not comfortable out outside of, being totally sold out for Jesus, we're not comfortable. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah, and, and you know, understanding, too, that commitment is not, like we, like we just said, commitment is not just coming to church. Commitment is being sold out to the mission. What yeah. has God called you to do? Yeah. And that call is, yeah, to live a righteous righteous life that he enables you to do through sanctification and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But, but, two, to live out his purpose for your life. And, yeah. and so many people are living on cruise control. They're just mm. going day to day, 
living just like the rest of the world. Their life, in essence, other than coming to church on Sunday, looks no different than the person that doesn't know Christ, right? right? Other than maybe they don't party on the weekends or, you know, they don't do some of these moralistic things. But as far as reaching people for Christ and living on mission and Mm. and living out their redemption, God redeemed you for a purpose, there's no difference. And and I I think that's a, a sign of... Maybe back, backsliding, but I think more so in the American church, it's a sign of just a cultural Christianity and not a genuine saving faith. Yeah, cultural Christianity is not Christianity at all. No, it's not. Right. It's not a saving faith. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, and uh, you said that that a, an effective servant would be equipped, that we are equipped with the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, upon conversion, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and gives us the power to be able to do what we need to do. And that's what you were talking about. But how do we utilize what we've been equipped with by the Holy Spirit, right? Like, I feel sometimes like we feel we feel unequipped sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Or we feel like we don't have the tools necessary, but we do have that. How do we utilize that? How do we take advantage of what we've been given? Well, I think, you know, that feeling of I'm not equipped for this is a lie from Satan. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit, literally the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, it lives inside of us as believers. Mm. And so sometimes it's, um, you know, it's in our own mind, again, playing, overemphasizing our, our role in this whole story. Yeah. Our, our job is not to, to be, you know, eloquent speakers and to have it all together. Our job is literally just to be obedient. Yeah. And so I think that to answer your question, how do we utilize what we've been equipped with, which is the Holy Spirit, is is to live a life of obedience. Mm. When the Holy Spirit whispers in your ear, hey, go talk to that dude and tell him about Jesus. Or, hey, you work with this person, that, you know, go have a spiritual conversation with them. Yeah. Even if in your mind, hey, I'm going to sound like a bumbling idiot. Yeah. You just step out in obedience. Right. Because you've already been equipped. Mm. You know, I, mean, I yeah, of course, there are, other aspects of being equipped to share the gospel. You should, we talked about this in our last po- last podcast, you should know your Bible. Right. You should be spending time in the Word. You should yeah. be growing spiritually. And all those things are very, very important. But, you know, even those things pale in comparison to, you know, being equipped with the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. Because I said Sunday, like, you have this story. A lot, everybody wants signs and wonders. Yeah. But God, if you're a Christian, God has already done a sign and a wonder in your own life. And mm-hmm. so use that story to to do what God's called you to do. You, yeah. know? you can have a conversation, a meaningful conversation with somebody if you just step out in obedience and, and trust that God's going to work through that. And, and trust, too, like if that person doesn't make a decision, that's on God. That's not on you. Right. Right. Like God's the one that's going to change that person's heart. God's going to one that's going to reveal himself to them. Mm. God's the one that's going to. You know, reveal the truth of their sin in their heart. Your job is literally just to be a witness. Yeah. You know, just like the guy who said, you know, I don't know about all this, but what I do know is I was blind, but now I can see. Yeah. Right. That's that's <laughs> our role in this in this story is, hey, I don't know all the details. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. But one thing I do know is that I was spiritually blind mm-hmm. and and lost, but now I see. I see this new truth. I've experienced something that's radically different than who I was before. Yeah. And, and, and there's power in that story. And, and if people would just 
start stepping out in faith and, and relying on the fact that, hey, I've been equipped. I've got this Holy Spirit inside of me, and he's going to give me the words to say, and he's going to use, you know, the, the Scripture says that the Word of God never returns void. Yeah. You know, if I, if I speak out and start to share the Word of God with people and share my experience with people, then there's going to there's gonna be an effectiveness in that. Yeah, and, you know, I always say uh, to people, because it, to me it really, it's a pet peeve of mine for to to have the conversation of well yeah they're saved but they're just not doing anything for the lord like you know or you know they're it it just doesn't make sense to me Mm. because why would god give you the holy spirit to be dormant inside of you yeah it's not the way it works no not at all that's totally opposite of of what he's giving you tools to do something with right right the holy spirit is a tool uh, for you to use to be empowered to then there's a purpose for that mm-hmm. and that purpose like you said is to go and to give the gospel to people yeah. and and why you know i think even there's other religions right that they get so wrapped up in the holy spirit and the gifts of the holy spirit mm-hmm. and everything and they and they kind of want to be like oh man the holy spirit's here to give me all the warm and fuzzies and to be able to you know do whatever, but that's not the purpose. Mm-mm, this was never the purpose. Even as Paul is explaining all that in the book of Corinthians, like he's saying there's a reason, right? Well, the Holy Spirit to give you these gifts and those gifts are to make you more effective for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If it was for your own benefit, why wouldn't Jesus have just given it to him when he revealed himself to him after his resurrection? Yeah. Why not? Why not then? Yeah. He waited and they didn't get it until it was time to start the mission, right? Yeah. It was t- when it was Pentecost. It was like, all right, here we go. Everybody They're in the upper there. room. Mm. Boom! There's the Holy Spirit to equip them for God's purpose of building His church and building His kingdom. That's yeah. that's what it's all about. And you're right. We have the Holy Spirit comes in and gives us all these spiritual gifts, and we want to say, well, that's that's to serve myself. It's to ser- even you know I've been in church a long time, and a lot of times you know spiritual gifts are taught as this is your way to serve the body. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, like preaching, yeah, teaching. Yeah, yeah, use all these things to, to serve the body. And, yeah, there's an, an, an element of that, I guess, but that's not the sole purpose. I mean, the real reason the Holy Spirit is is here is to build God's kingdom, not just to serve the church and the mm. body, but to build God's kingdom. That's why God gave you the gift to, to preach, right? Yeah. That's why God gave me the gift to preach and to, and to be able to, uh, you know, administration and all these spiritual gifts that God gives us is, right. is not for our own benefit. It's not so that I can go start some really awesome career. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it's so that I can in turn get, lay those back down at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm going to serve yeah. you with these gifts that you've given me. Yeah. This is not a career. No, this is not no. something that we say, Oh, you know, I need a job. And so here's my, here's my job now as a preacher. I'm going to use my spiritual gift to be a preacher yeah that's not the way it works no, we're we're only preachers because we serve the body but the spiritual gift of being a preacher is to then go and tell people about the gospel mm-hmm. of jesus christ right those who who are not saved mm-hmm. and that's that's being equipped right that 100%. we're equipped we use utilize those tools to then go and to go out right yep. and we obviously service the body we all do that and but as members the body moves to go uh and to be and to be effective. Yeah, and, and even serving the body is not just so, hey, I can have a, you know, I got a Sunday school class or whatever. It's it's for the purpose of discipleship. You yes. Know, it's, it's for the purpose of growing and, yeah. and, and helping people get to a point to where they're making disciples. I mean, that's that's the purpose of even the, you know, us having church. Yeah. The, 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 the purpose of church is for community discipleship and, and outreach and, and, you know, reaching people out outside these walls that's that's why we're here we're a beacon of light within our community mm-hmm. and when we gather we're celebrating what's happened already during the week and we're 
growing spiritually. That's that's what it should be. It shouldn't just be a bunch of you know a social club where we come and, no. and enjoy a sermon and listen to some music. That's yeah. that was never the intention that Jesus had when he started the church. Yeah, if we're everything revolves around going out and making disciples. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around that. That's the sole mission Jesus gave us. And if we're not doing that as a church, we're not effective. Right. And if we're not doing that as individuals, we're definitely not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, and so uh, that brings us kind of to the last point. Um, we should be relentless. You said an effective servant should be relentless. I love that word. I love the idea of being relentless and of, you know, kind of, you know, like, like a stubborn willed mule, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. That will only go one direction. That should be who we are. And so why is it so difficult maybe for people in this age or this, this day to get out of their comfort zone and to be relentless for the gospel of Jesus Christ? What, what would be your opinion on that? Well, I think, um, first of all, I think in my mind, when I think of relentless, I think of Paul's statement to live as Christ and to die as gain, mm. right? That's, that's relentless. Yeah. Cause in his mind, He's, he's basically telling these guys, hey, you want to beat me and let me live? Great. If I live, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach Christ. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to build this kingdom. You want to kill me? Great. That's that's gain. I'm going to be in heaven receiving my reward. <laughs> so in his mind, there ain't nothing you can do to that guy. No. Right? You want to beat me? Great. That's the, the more I suffer for the glory of God, the more I'm, I'm, I find joy. Mm. You know, he, all the things that he would say. I mean, he's a relentless guy that's in pursuit of the gospel. I think the reason why people, you know, aren't as relentless for the gospel as they should, um, I think it's twofold. I think we've already talked about it. I think a lot of people are just playing Christianity. You know, they've been doing this their whole life and they're checking boxes and it's not a genuine saving faith. They came to they came to to Christ for what Christ could give them, which is eternal life and, and but they weren't ever really interested in, in a, a life of surrender. Yeah. You know, being a slave to Christ as Paul often says. Um, that wasn't what they signed up for. They signed up for a get out of hell free card. Right. Yeah. And and so I think that that's the probably the biggest reason is that um, you know, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that, you know, attend church every Sunday, um, churches every Sunday, but most of them probably aren't genuine, genuine believers. They're, they're yeah. just cultural Christians who grew up in church and never really sold, you know, never really surrendered to Christ as Lord. Mm. But then I think there's a, another side too, where maybe they're genuine believers, um, and, and yet they're just distracted by the stuff that's out there because I, I talked about that Sunday, you know, Satan understands that if once you're a believer, he has no, he doesn't have the ability to really, you know, attack your soul and, and, and to fight for your you know eternal destruction. Yeah. But what he can do is render you ineffective mm. by, you know, getting you focused on things that don't matter. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I shared that scripture from Philippians that Paul, you know, is talking about this, this just, singular focus and how everything pales in comparison of knowing God yeah, and having a relationship with Christ and pursuing what God wants for your life, that nothing else matters. Mm. And I think that's hard, a hard pill for people to swallow because in their minds, it's like, well, I have a, I have kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that sounds like a noble thing to, to, to <laughs> yeah. put your focus on. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to raise your kids and, 
and love your kids and, and, and help them grow. Um, and that, and that is an important thing, mm-hmm. but it pales in comparison to knowing Christ. Yeah. Like, I think that that's a hard thing to wrap our mind around sometimes. Right. Like, yeah, I love my kids, but knowing Christ is infinitely more valuable yeah. than my kids. Or, or getting others to know Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love my wife, but knowing Christ and living on mission for him is infinitely more valuable yeah. than than my relationship with my wife. Mm. And, and if we have that perspective, then we're going to be relentless, right? right. Because here, here's the reality. You come after my kids, I will relentlessly <laughs> try to fight you yeah. Oh, yeah. to protect them. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever I can to to protect my family. If we had that same kind of singular focus about the gospel, and, and and knowing Christ and serving Christ, then how much more effective would we be for for the gospel? Mm. Right, if we were that level of relentless, or our singular focus in life was knowing Christ and and sharing Him with others, how crazy effective would we be for the gospel it, it, that's that's what made paul so effective i yeah. mean yeah he had all these other gifts he you know he was very knowledgeable in the scriptures and things sure. like that but what made paul so effective for the gospel and what made him you know one of the most prominent figures in christian history is the fact that he was singularly focused on on christ mm-hmm. there was nothing else that mattered in that man's life yeah and, and that's evident in his writings it's evident in his actions i mean he he gave his life for it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that that the reason we don't see that is, is like I said, one, I think people aren't, you know, a lot of people are just playing church. They're not genuinely, you know, sold out and haven't really made Christ the Lord of their life. And then, two, I think we just get really focused on things that we think matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that your career or your wife or your kids <laughs> don't matter. Right. Of course they matter. Yeah. But when you compare them to knowing Christ, yeah. you have to come to that decision. What's more important? Yeah. It is is my relationship with Jesus more important than that? And that's a really important question that, that we need to ask ourselves. Mm. Like, where am I at with this? Do I really believe this? Am I really sold out to this? And I think that's kind of like that defining mark of, you know, that, that fake versus genuine believer thing. Like, yeah. Is, is this stuff as real to me as it was to Paul? Mm. Yeah. You know, is, is this, is this something I'm really serious about? Because let's be honest, it, it's really easy just to show up every Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. Every but, Sunday and Wednesday. Especially, really especially when all of your relationships are centered around mm-hmm. church, right? Yeah. You enjoy coming to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. You enjoy seeing your people. Yeah. But there's a difference in, hey, I, I like to go to church on Sunday and I'm genuinely sold out to this. Mm. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a significant difference between between those two things. And I think that that we really need to come to that that point where we question, is am I serious about this? Yeah. Is this real to me? And, and if it is real, how is it affected my life am i really relentlessly pursuing Mm. um you know what god wants for my life it's almost it's really neat because you know as jesus compares the church uh and him as to man and wife yeah and if you think about it in the terms that you just said you know if i if i love my wife 
or I love being around my wife. And, you know, I have fun with her and it's great having that relationship, but I'm not sold out to our relationship. Mm. And actually, I'm not as committed to that relationship all the time. Mm. And that leads me to do other things that I shouldn't do in that relationship. I'm not going to have a very good relationship. Right. Not only that, but, you know, ha- did I really make that commitment to her? Yeah. You know, was the commitment ever real? Was the commitment ever real? Yeah. And if I'm not satisfied in that relationship and I'm not sold out to that relationship, then it's not going to work. Mm. And and that's how I see, you know, genuine and ungenuine believer is that, you know, we want the Sunday experience without the commitment mm. uh, and the sacrifice and the sold out ability. And just to clarify, you know, if you're listening to this and you and you know you think man i don't talk to anybody about jesus i love jesus i want to be sold out and i just you know sometimes i think we can be misunderstood too like i think people will listen to us and think i gotta i gotta get out there and street evangelize and i gotta mm-hmm. get out there and you know every coworker tomorrow needs to know where i stand you know that, that's not so much the case you know but do something yeah, right dude, take the next step take the next obedience. step yeah take yeah. the next step whoever that friend is Take the next step. And if you're working on one person at a time and it's taking you, you know, a year to, to get there, that's you're working on making disciples. You know, yeah. it's it's not looking like, you know, I've done brought 10 people into church in the last four months. That's not the way it works. No, the fruit is different for every person. The fruit is different for every person. Yeah, exactly. And the sower, Jesus said, some are going to produce 30 fold, some 60 fold, some 100 fold. Yeah. And neither of those are wrong. Right. Right. And so I, I just want to tell people that, that if you, you know, Start somewhere and, and don't feel like you have to be a hundredfold person that you've got to be killing it. And, you know, everybody sees you bringing people in. That's that's not the way it works. Yeah. And no, too, like I think sometimes because we, um, you know, when I preach, I want I want to preach in a way that there's the same conviction that I felt whenever I was studying the scriptures. Sure. Right? You know, I want to preach that in a way that is. It, it comes across as passionate because I'm be, I'm not gonna preach unless I believe it. Yeah. Right. If I'm gonna get up and and you know talk to people for 45 minutes on something, it's gonna be something I'm gonna be passionate about. And so sometimes that can come across as maybe judgmental or maybe you think like you know those those guys think that I'm an, I'm the worst Christian in the world because <laughs> I've never brought anybody to church or, or whatever. Yeah. No, too. Like I don't. We're not judging you. Like right. we're not perfect. We get. But but our job is to communicate what the Bible says and here's yeah. what the Bible says. I mean, we're, we're, what we're saying, I believe wholeheartedly is, is mm. clearly in scripture. And so, you know, know that we're not judging you. We yeah. love you. We, we, we understand um, the realities of this, this life in this world and, and that things are a distraction and we want to help you and equip you to, to grow and to, you know, understand what the Bible really says. And mm. that, you know, sometimes it may come across as harsh or blunt or or whatever, but know too that our heart is coming from a place of love, and and uh, and we would never, you know, we're not we're not looking at you on Sunday and thinking, oh man, look at that person. You're the they've, worst person in the world. They've never reached someone for the gospel. <laughs> they obviously don't love Jesus. Like yeah. that's that's never crossed my mind. No. And uh, and you know that's that's not a thought that we have. We we love. Um, we love love our church. We love our people, mm-hmm. and uh, and we just want to help equip people to to live out their mission because we know know and understand that Jesus said, "Hey, this is the abundant life." Yeah, and and we want our people to 
to experience the joy and the purpose in living a life on mission. That's that's what we want. Yeah. And that's that's the heart of where we're coming from is that we know that's where purpose in life is found and that's where the abundant life is found. And we just want you to experience that. And yeah. so we're going to preach it till we're blue in the face because <laughs> we legitimately believe what we're saying and we genuinely want you to experience that. Yeah, and we, we have to wear it first. Yeah, right? that's true. If I'm studying the scripture and whatever I've preached up there, I, God done preached that to me mm-hmm. while I was studying. And I think that's what's so awesome about it, that I'm convicted and I and I wear that first and then I can bring it to everybody else and say, hey, let me show you what I was convicted yeah. about. Becca called me out on it Sunday. She said, <laughs> you know, I was I was using those examples of things that distract us, you know, like your kids and hey, I'm really busy or mm-hmm. hey, I have, you know, my, my, I'm more of an introvert and all these things. And she's like, you were just saying the things that you struggle with. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, because when I preach, I'm preaching myself. Right. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, like I'm, I'm convicted as much as anybody else. And yeah. So, um, you know, you want to. You want to be able to preach something that that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Right. And so, um, we're all in this this same, you know, we're on the same journey of trying to live out what God wants for us, and yeah. and we're all we're all falling short in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that God chooses to use you despite the fact that you're you're going to fall short. Yep. Well, I, I think that's great, and uh, hopefully we can be more effective servants with uh, with that sermon and what we've learned, and um, we're really excited just about everything going on. We say that a lot, but we are. We stay excited around here, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm glad you tuned in today, and uh, don't forget to tune in next time, and we will see you on Sunday. Thank you so much for listening today, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather grow, give, and go.